China gave money to its preferred candidates. The Prime Minister admits that the, that, that, that the committee reported to him on this fact. Why does he continue to state the diametric opposite of the truth in his answers in this House of Commons? Beyond uh, the partisan to and fro that we necessarily see in this House, uh, it is important to create uh, an independent, unimpeachable special rapporteur who is going to be able to oversee uh, the entire landscape around national security. That was Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and Pierre Polyev in the House of Commons yesterday as the politics go back and forth around this and the pressure continues to mount. We'll see where it ends up going. In the meantime, though, let's have a conversation here with Marcus Kolga, the founder of DisinfoWatch.org, a senior fellow at the McDonald Laurier Institute Centre for Advancing Canada's Interests Abroad. Marcus, uh, always nice to chat. Thank you for joining us today. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me on, Chef. Yeah, you know, we've talked about this before. I mean, this is not the first time we've talked about interference in Canadian society, specifically with China, but we've also talked about Russia. We've talked about other entities. So uh, this shouldn't be a revelation. I guess the details and exactly how they went about doing it is a bit of a revelation. But but as I say, you and we, we, we know this. We've known about this kind of activity taking place for a long time, right? Yeah, you're absolutely right, Shay. I mean, the, the the National Security and Intelligence Committee of Parliament, which I think your your listeners have probably heard a lot about now over the past couple of weeks. This is a um, a, a a nonpartisan, all party uh, committee that ha- is privy to uh, some of the most uh, sensitive intelligence that our uh, intelligence agencies have. It runs through that committee uh, from CSIS, CSC, RCMP, various different sources. And they produce uh, annual reports and special reports on threats to our democracy. And uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, this uh, this committee has been issuing reports since 2019 was the first, or 2018 was the first one. Uh, in every single one of those reports, they have said that foreign interference is uh, the greatest threat facing our democracy. It it threatens our prosperity um, and our interests, not just here at home, but but abroad as well. And so. Um, they've clearly outlined this threat. Um, you know, you and I have spoken about it. I think there are others that have spoken oh, about sure. it as well. But, but it was unfortunate. I mean, it was these, uh, these details, which uh, to me, as someone who has been looking at foreign interference, I mean, they're shocking to me as well. Um, these allegations that um, large sums of money were coming from the, uh, the uh, People, People's Republic of China's uh, consulate in, uh, in here in Toronto being fed through various different um, sitting members, uh, at least one sitting member of provincial parliament, um, and being fed into various different campaigns. Um, you know, like you said, we we knew it was happening, yeah. but these details make it very real, um, and it makes it very clear that there is this ongoing and growing uh, threat to uh, to our democracy. Which I think leads us in the area of what's most important here, and not to say, you know, the, the the discovery and the details aren't important, but like we've, you know, we we've known about it. Um, it's it's what have we done, and what are we going to do? And I think that's where we've really, really fallen down, including within the last week in terms of the response to, you know, what these yeah. revelations have told us. We're just continuing to sleepwalk through this. Do you agree? Yeah, I I, I do agree. Look, I think we took some pretty concrete first steps back in 2019 before that federal election. Um, then uh, Minister for Democratic Institutions, Karina Gold, instituted uh, some measures to protect those elections. This is these, these task forces of uh, senior civil servants, people from 
who lead our intelligence agencies. They were supposed to come together and, and produce various reports uh, on election interference. Um, nothing was reported. So I think most Canadians, aside from those of us who were looking uh, very deeply into it, uh, presumed that everything was was going along okay and it was a hunky dory. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the other problems that I think that our, our government has has had is that uh, we've really just sort of focused on elections. You know, we know um, from having looked at this problem for, for the better part of the last decade in various different ju- countries and jurisdictions, um, these foreign authoritarians, like the Chinese government, the Russian government, the Iranian government, they don't sit around and wait for elections to come around. Right. Um, they're constantly targeting, probing, exploiting our democracy for various different, you know, whether it's uh, divisions within our within our society, other opportunities to influence uh, our policymaking. So it's an ongoing, persistent problem, and and our government, unfortunately hasn't recognized that persistent nature of the threat. And um, and you're absolutely right when you say that, you know, some of the measures that were announced, uh, you know, this past week, I mean, it's great to have a special rapporteur, but that is not necessarily, like, we, we already know, as we've discussed, we know that this is a problem, a special rapporteur, we don't need a special rapporteur to yet again repeat the fact that this is a threat to our democracy. We need uh, real measures, a real investigation, especially... Um, north of Toronto, where I live in Markham, um, we need uh, the RCMP to investigate right. uh, this, the illegal funding that was going on so that there's some accountability for for this sort of activity and to deter it in the future. If we don't take it seriously uh, and we allow these foreign actors to act with impunity, this is just going to, the problem is only going to continue and it's only going to get worse. Which is really, really bad for Canada, obviously, but in, in regards to, you know, the integrity of our elections, obviously. But I wonder, and I think it must, when you take a look at, I mean, one of the things that struck me in, in this reporting is the fact that these documents that these reporters have reported on were seen not only by Canadian government officials, but they were shared with five eyes they were shared with our allies so they know what's going on i'm sure they're monitoring the government's response and you know how trustworthy do we seem uh in the face of our allies and what how we react to this yeah um well this is something that i don't think most people are talking about is the fact that the five eyes our other uh, nato allies as well as are, are privy to some of these uh documents uh, and the the vulnerability, the reporting. If, if this is true, what is being what is coming out in these reports? Um, it is shocking. Um, the the level of interference, the the um, how how deeply exposed uh, we are, and our democratic processes are to um, this sort of uh, interference. That that is shocking. And I think that our our allies are going to question um, not just the integrity of our democracy, but whether this interference has actually uh, played a role, has affected our decision-making um, at various different levels of government, including the federal uh, federal government. So, yeah, um, you know, this is not just a, a, a threat to our, our own democracy, but I think, well, absolutely to our national security. And, you know, our, our allies are looking... For sure, monitoring what's going on, paying attention. So are the entities we talk about with an aim to interfere, be it Iran, be it Russia, China, whatever the case may be. The way we respond, I'm sure they're paying closer attention to it than most Canadians are seeing what the consequences might be or what the vulnerabilities might be. Well, you're right, Shay. I mean, these, like we said before, this, these, uh, these governments, especially as it, it seems as the Chinese government, has been able to get away with this yeah. for 
already at least two elections. And that was, let's be clear, we've only been looking at this problem. We've only been really paying attention to it for the past a couple of elections. But this has been been going on for quite some time. Uh, recall back in 2012, 2013, uh, the Globe and Mail uh, was already then uh, reporting on potential Chinese government interference uh, in Ontario, in the in the Markham area. Uh, my my colleague and, and dear friend and probably Canada's leading China expert, uh, Charles Burton, uh, was writing about it back then too, and and uh, paid the price because um, you know when you expose these sorts of operations and especially the enablers and proxies who facilitate this sort of. Uh, uh, the interference, foreign interference against our democracy, they, they don't like it very much. And, and they start threatening those that, that expose it. And so, um, you know, we knew that it was already happening back in, in 2012 through a, 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 a provincial member of parliament, Ontario. Um, and, uh, but we did nothing about it then. Mm-hmm. Because we did nothing about it then, we never uh, imposed any sort of cost on that sort of uh, activity, they you know they continued with it, and uh, as we've seen now, this problem has has really blown up, and and this is the moment um, at, right now where we really need to take a, a stand against it, and uh, and make sure you know we can't fix what uh, what happened over the past two elections, but we can certainly uh, ensure that the the integrity of our democracy, if it's been damaged, I think it has been, that it's restored, and those future elections that we we have both federally. Uh, provincially, and you know, I, I hate to say it, but municipally as well, that uh, confidence in those elections is is restored and uh, and the integrity of them defended. Yeah, Marcus, and I think we're starting to learn more and more how important this is, and uh, it's through the work of you know people like you and Charles, who we've had on the show many many times. Um, and we'll have you back again. Thank you so much, Marcus. I always appreciate your time. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. (laughs) <laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.